Hey folks, so that highly anticipated report, the unclassified version, was just released by um, the um, Office of the Director of National Intelligence. I'm going to read the entire report to you, the entire nine pages. It's a joke. Without further ado. Unclassified, Office of the Director of National Intelligence. Preliminary Assessment, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. June 25th, 2021. Scope and Assumptions. Scope. This preliminary report is provided by the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, the ODNI. In response to the provision in Senate Report 116-233, accompanying the Intelligence Authorization Act, Authorization Act, IAA, for fiscal year 2021, that the DNI, in consultation with the Secretary of Defense, the SEC DEF, is to submit an intelligence assessment of the threat posed by unidentified aerial phenomena, UAP, and the progress the Department of Defense Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force, UAPTF, they love these acronyms, has made in, made in understanding this threat. The report provides an overview for, the, for policymakers of the challenges associated with character, characterizing the potential threat posed by UAP while also providing a means to develop relevant processes, policies, technologies, and training for the U.S. military and other U.S. government. Uh, personnel if and when they are encounter UAP, so as to enhance the intelligence community's ability to understand the threat. The director, UAPTF, is the accountable official for ensuring the timely collection and co consolidation of data on UAP. The data set described in this report is currently limited primarily to U.S. government reporting of incidents occurring from November 2004, 2004 to March 2021. Data continues to be collected and analyzed. Well, golly gee, do you think they chose that date frame because 2004 was the videos that were exposed a few years ago? And March was the other videos that Jeremy just released. Nobody really released anything before that. So they said, let's stick to what they busted us with. Mm-hmm. ODNI prepared this report for the Congressional Intelligence and Armed Services Committees, UAPTF, and the ODNI, National Intelligence Manager for Aviation, drafted this report. With input from blah, 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 all the other things, Assumptions. Various forms of sensors that register UAP generally operate correctly and capture enough real data to allow initial assessments, but some UAP may be attributable to sensor anomalies. Mm -hmm. You know, like the real things. Yeah. Wait, there's something in here. You're going to just, they went back, they pulled an old one from the 40s. I think you already know what I'm going to say. Executive Summary. The limited amount of high-quality reporting on unidentified aerial phenomena, UAP, hampers our ability to draw firm conclusions about the nature of intent of UAP. The UAP task force considered a range of information on UAP described in U.S. military and, uh, and the intelligence community reporting. But because the reporting lacks sufficient specificity, Blah, blah, blah. 
ultimately um, recognized that a unique tailored reporting process was required to provide sufficient data for analysis of UAP events. And two bullet points. First one is, as a result, the UAP task force concentrated its review on reports that occurred between 2004 and 2021, the majority of which are a result of this new tailored process to better capture UAP events through formalized reporting. Most of the UAP, now the most formalized reporting just started last year because after those leaks and everything, they had they got called out on it. So that's why. So don't act like it came from all the uh, two decades. Anyway, most of the UAP reported, this is the second bull, bull, bullet point. Most of the UAP reported, um, where I'm sorry, uh, uh, probably do represent physical objects given that a majority of UAP were registered across multiple sensors to include radar, infrared, electric, electro-optical weapon seekers, and visual observation. In a limited number of incidents, UAP reportedly appear to exhibit unusual flight characteristics. These observations could be the result of sensor errors, spoofing, or observer misperception, and require additional rigorous analysis. There are probably multiple types of UAP requiring different explanations based on the range of appearances and behaviors described in the available reporting. This is where they start insulting our intelligence. They're not telling us anything ever, folks, unless our aliens land and give the middle finger to the government and say, we're going to go hang out with the people. Or somebody actually grows some and just comes out and blows the whole thing open, not like these fake ones that act like they are. There are probably multiple types of UAP requiring different... Ex okay, I read that. Our analysis of the data supports the construct that if and when individual UAP incidents are resolved, they will fall into one of five potential expl explanatory categories. <laughs> Here we go. Airborne clutter, natural at atmospheric phenomena, USG or U.S. industry developmental programs, you know, Altec. Remember, it's not Altec. That's what that means, but to private firms, not stuff you could FOIA. Anyway, foreign adversary, foreign adversary systems and a catch-all other bin. That's the place we need to look, the catch-all bin. And wait till you hear all this. UAP clearly poses a safety of flight a safety of flight issue and may pose a challenge to US national security. Safety concerns primarily center on aviators contending with an increasingly cluttered air domain. UAP would also represent the national security challenge if they are foreign adversary collection platforms. Yeah. No duh. Or provide evidence a potential adversary has developed either a breakthrough or disruptive technology. No. They got good tech, super fast missiles that travel like 5,000 miles an hour, but no, that's not it. Consistent consolidation of reports from across the federal government, standardized reporting, increased collection and analysis, and streamlined process for screening all such reports against a broad range of relevant USG data, which allow for a more sophisticated analysis of UAP that is likely to deepen our understanding. Some of these steps are resource intensive and would require additional investment. <laughs> the piggy bank's been open for a while, why not? Moving on, we're on page four of nine. Available reporting largely inconclusive. 
Limited data leaves most UAP unexplained. <laughs> Wait, we're getting here. We're coming up on it. You're going to probably bang your head against a brick wall. Don't do it, though. I'm not suggesting you do. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Limited data and inconsistency in reporting are key challenges to evaluating UAP. No standardized reporting mechani mechanism existed until the Navy established one in March 2019. The Air Force subse subsequently adopted the mechanism in November 2020, but it remains limited to USG reporting. Why? The, the UAP task force regularly heard an anecdotally during its research about other observations that occurred, but which were never captured in formal or informal reporting by those observers. After carefully considering this information, the UAP task force focused on reports that involve UAP largely witnessed firsthand by military aviators and that were collected from systems we considered to be reliable. These reports described uh, um, incidents that occurred between 2004 and 2021, with the majority coming in the last two years as the new reporting mechanism became better known to the military aviation community. Here we go. We were able to identify one reported UAP with high confidence. In that case, we identified the object as a large deflating balloon. The others remain unexplained. The balloon. I wonder if they pulled that out of the air, uh, the the flight hangar, and like the one from Forty Seven, and they put that out there. One hundred and forty-four reports originated from USG sources. Of these, eighty reports involved observation with multiple sensors. Most reports describe UAP as objects that interrupted pre-planned training or other military activity. UAP collection challenges. Soci sociocultural stigmas and sensor this is about UFOs that, but they won't say that or like other whatever sociocultural stigmas and sensor limitations remain obstacles to collecting data on UAP although some technical challenges such as how to appropriately filter out radar clutter to ensure safety of flight for military and civilian aircraft are long standing in the aviation community, while others are unique to the UAP problem set. And we have three bullet points. First, narratives from aviators in the operational community and analysis from the military and um, intelligence community described uh, disparagement associated with observing UAP, reporting it, or attempting to discuss it with colleagues. Although the effects of these stigmas have lessened as senior members of the scientific uh, of the scientific, policy, military, and intelligence communities engage on the topic seriously in public. Reputational risks may keep many observers silent, complicating scientific per, uh, pursuit of the topic. Sorry if I'm going too fast and I'm not pausing at certain times. My apology. I'm just trying to get through this so you can see this is crazy. The sensors mounted on U.S. military platforms are typically designed to fulfill specific missions. As a result, those sensors are not generally suited for identifying UAP. Sensor vantage, they're telling you since 2004 to 2021, things have been happening. They just waited till now to start saying, oh, we need to do something. Sensor vantage points and the numbers of sensors are, are concurrently observe, observing and, I'm sorry, 
Sensor vantage points and the numbers of sensors concurrently observing an object play substantial roles in distinguishing UAP from known objects and determining whether a UAP demonstrates breakthrough aerospace capabilities. Optical sensors have the benefit of providing some insight into relative size, shape, and structure. Sorry for my nose, the AC is starting to dry me up. Uh, radio frequency sensors provide more accurate velocity and range information. Page five of nine. Uh, again, I'm sorry. But some potential patterns do emerge. Although there was a wide variability in the reports and the data set is currently too limited to allow for detailed trend or pattern analysis, there was some clustering of UAP observations regarding shape, size, and particularly propulsion. UAP sightings also tended to cluster around U.S. training and testing grounds. But we assess that this may be may result from a collection bias as a result of focus attention, greater numbers of latest generation of sensors operate in those areas, unit expectations, and guidance to the report anomalies. And a handful of UAP appear to demonstrate advanced technology. In 18 incidents described in 21 reports, observers reported unusual UAP movement patterns of flight characteristics. Some UAP appear to remain stationary in winds aloft, move against the wind, maneuver abruptly, or, or move at considerable speed without discernible means of propulsion. In a small number of cases, military aircraft systems process radio frequencies, RF signals, uh, energy associated with UAP sightings. The UAP task force holds a Task Force holds a, num a small amount of data that appear to show UAP demonstrating acceleration or a degree of signature management, maybe a super fast balloon. Additional rigor, they didn't say that, that was me adding that, <laughs> so for those just listening. Additional rigorous um, analysis are necessary by multiple teams or groups of technical experts to determine the nature and validity of these data. We are conducting further analysis to determine if breakthrough technologies were demonstrated. UAP prob probably lack a single explanation. The UAP documented in, in this limited data set demonstrate an array of aerial behaviors, reinforcing the possibility there are multiple types of UAP requiring different explanations. Our analysis of the data supports the construct that if and when individual UAP incidents are resolved, they will fall into one of five potential explanatory categories. The ones I said, airborne clutter, natural atmospheric phenomena, USG or industry developmental programs, meaning private aerospace companies building reverse engineering stuff and all that stuff, Altec. Um, Specifically, uh, an instance where we determine high confidence, uh, oh, wait, 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 I'm sorry, USG or industri industry developmental programs, foreign adversary programs, and a catch-all other bin. With the exception of the one instance where we determined with high confidence that the reported UAP was an airborne clutter, specifically a deflating balloon. Was it a kid's balloon or was it like a weather balloon? We currently lack sufficient information in our data set to attribute incidents to specific explanations. So this is the definition of those five. Airborne clutter. These objects include birds, balloons, recreational unmanned aerial vehicles, the UAVs, or airborne debris like plastic bags that muddle a scene and affect an operator's ability to identify true targets 
such as an enemy. Yeah, you know those plastic, those new plastic bags in the grocery stores, the ones that they could travel at 28,000 feet, traveling about 8,000 miles an hour. Those are the awesome bags. They never break. Um, natural atmospheric phenomena. Natural atmospheric phenomena includes ice crystals, moisture, and thermal fluctuations that may register on some infrared and radar systems. USG or industry development uh, developmental program. Some UAP observations could be attributable to that was a 19 syllable word developments and classified programs by US entities. We were unable to confirm, however, that these systems accounted for any of the UAP re reports we collected. Of course not. They're classified. You're not going to tell us anyway. Foreign adversary systems. Some UAP may be technologies deployed by China, Russia, another nation, or a non-governmental entity. Other. You know, the catch-all bin. Although most of the UAP described in our data set probably remain unidentified due to limited data or challenges to collection processing or analysis, we may require additional scientific knowledge to successfully collect on, analyze, and characterize some of them. We would group such objects in this category pending scientific advances. We'll let you know 10 years from now. That allowed us to better understand them. The U, uh, UAP task force intends to focus additional analysis on the small number of cases where UAP appear to display unusual flight characteristics or signature management. Where are we? We're at 17 minutes and a half in. We got three more pages. Let's do this. UAP threaten flight safety and possibly national security. UAP pose a hazard to safety of flight and could pose a broader danger if some instances represent sophisticated collection against the U.S. military activities by a foreign government or demonstrate a breakthrough aerospace technology by a potential adversary. Ongoing airspace concerns. When aviators encounter safety hazards, they are required to report these concerns dependent on the location, volume, and behavior of the hazards during incursions on ranges. Pilots may cease their tests and or training and land their aircraft, which has a, has a deterrent effect on reporting. The UAP task force has 11 reports of documented in instances in which pilots reported near misses with a UAP. Potential national security challenges. We currently lack data to indicate any UAP are, are part of a foreign collection program or indicative of a major technological advancement by a potential adversary. We continue to monitor for evidence of such programs given the counterintelligence challenge they would pose, particularly as UAP have been detected near military facilities or by aircraft carrying the USG's most advanced sensor systems. Explaining UAP will require analytic collection and resource investment. Standardize the reporting, consolidate the data, and deepen the analysis. In line with um, the provisions of Senate Report 116-233, accompanying the fiscal year, blah, 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 the UAP's task force, a long-term goal is to widen the scope of his work to include additional UAP events documented by a broader swath of USG personnel and techni technical systems in its analysis. As the data set increases, the task force's ability to employ data analytics to detect trends will also improve. The initial focus will be to employ artificial intelligence, machine learning algorithms, full of Facebook, they got them, <laughs> to cluster and recognize similarities and patterns in features of the data points. 
As the database accumulates information from known aerial objects such as weather balloons, high altitude or super pressure balloons, they're going the balloon route. And wildlife machine learning can add efficiency by pre-assessing UAP reports to see if those records match similar events already in the database. So they'll be able to dismiss the reports like that. The, U the task force has begun to develop interagency analytical and processing workflows to ensure both collection and analysis will be well-informed and coordinated. The majority of UAP data is from the U.S. Navy reporting, but efforts are underway to standardize incident reporting across U.S. military services and other government agencies to ensure all relevant data is captured with respect to particular incidents and U.S. activities that might be relevant. The task force is currently working to acquire additional reporting from the Air Force and has begun receiving data from the Federal Aviation, the FAA. Although the task force data collection has been limited historically, the Air Force began a six-month pilot program in November 2020 to collect in the most likely areas to encounter UAP and its evaluating how to normalize future collection, reporting and analysis across the entire Air Force. The FAA captures data related to UAP during the normal course of managing air traffic operations. The FAA generally ingests this data when the pilots and other airspace users report unusual, unexpected events to the FAA's air traffic organization. In addition, the FAA continuously monitors its systems for anomalies, generating additional information that may be of use to the task force. The FAA is able to isolate data of interest to the task force and make it available. The FAA has a robust and effective outreach program that can help the task force, that's the UAP task force, reach members of the aviation community to highlight the importance of reporting UAP. Expand collection. I'm just checking the time, folks. We're good. The UAPTF, the, I, I can't believe I'm getting tired. The, the task force is looking for novel ways to increase collection of UAP cluster areas when U.S. forces are not present as a way to baseline standard UAP activity and mitigate the collection bias in the data set. One proposal is to use advanced algorithms to search historical data captured and stored by radars. The task force also plans to update its current interagency UAP collection strategy in order um, in order bring to to bring to bear whatever relevant collection platforms and methods from the DOD and the IC Department of Defense and in, uh, Intelligence Committee uh, uh, community sorry increase investment in research and development the task force has indicated that additional funding for research and development could further the study of the topics laid out in this report. Such investments should be guided by UAP collection strategy, UAP R&D, technical round, roadmap, and a UAP program plan. And then it shows the appendix, and then we go to appendix. So check this out. Let me see something. And it tells you what the Senate report requested. So it's a nine-page report, folks. This is Appendix B, Appendix A. So it's actually seven pages. And this last part is they basically spoke about everything twice. You remember how they talked about the different things, about balloons and a catch-all? Then they went into the definition of it. This is actually a four or five-page report. That's it. That's what they gave us, folks. I'm going to put a link to this for you. But um, I, as I said in a, a video I updated earlier today and previous ones, I 
thought this would be disappointing to people that thought this was the disclosure coming. But in reality, like they say in the end, in Appendix B, this is what the what Congress requested of them. It has nothing to do with finding UFOs. You have them stored from Roswell. What about this one? What of these abduction cases? Nothing like that. This is just about UAPs because they're going over our carriers and our missile silos and that. That's all this was. But then a lot of other people, the ones that knew better, that worked in government and all that, hyped this up big time and knew what was coming out. They may not have known it was going to be nine-page report, which in reality is only five, I say six at most, six-page report. What did they what did they tell us? Nothing that we didn't already know. We actually know probably or not that we know more than they know more than us. But we could explain a lot more than what they did right here. This is an absolute joke. So now watch what happens. Pay attention to the media, folks. Ah, that's it. I guarantee you most of those things are balloons. We don't have the tech for it yet, but here's the one thing that you got to catch in here, folks. When they say that number five, um, not number five, what was it right here? Oh, I'm sorry. Let me look at it. Um, they had those. Oh, here we go. USG or industry developmental programs. Some UAP observations could be attributed to, to, attributed to developments and classified programs by U.S. entities. So they're covering themselves there because remember with the thing, oh, Lou said, oh, they said the tech isn't out, so that's put to bed finally. No, it's not. The only difference is when they hire people like Robert Bigelow, his aerospace company, that's a private company. That's not a government entity, so they're not held to the Freedom of Information Act requests. They're not... Held to that. So that's why they're outsourcing things. Look, trust me, folks. It's coming. It's not going to come from our government. We're going to find it ourselves. And it's going to happen. There's no way. We're not going to allow them to put the genie back in the bottle. The media and all that are going to try it. But let me just tell you this. If a craft does come down, ain't nobody stopping it. I don't care. CNN, all of them, they can't spin it. They can't spin it. All right. So anyway, folks, maybe you were driving home from work and or whatever, and you heard this. It went, we're at 27 minutes. I tried my best, and the AC has me all stuffed up. Anyway, do me a favor, please, if you're still here. Please subscribe to the channel and like and share it if you want, but subscribe. I'm um, trying to build up um, the channel. I want to make it grow, okay? So thank you all for your support. I truly appreciate you. I really, I really do, all right? Even the ones that call me names and all that, but yeah, I don't care. I like it. I laugh. Um, enjoy the weekend, all right? And don't get mad. It's coming. It's coming. But just remember, it's not going to come from them. And these guys that go on TV with all their, oh, I'm going to do this and we're going to do that. And this is what's. No. Not, they're not going to be the ones to do it. They're just going to.
get rich doing it and have their faces on TV every day. Peace.